Hey guys, this is Neil Crawford with Anytime Soccer Training. Happy Friday. I wanted to create a quick uh, video to ask for some feedback on an idea that I've thrown into various uh, Facebook groups, but I just don't uh, think my writing uh, uh, does it any justice. So I want to share my idea and then definitely comment below if you you know your thoughts or let me know I'm completely crazy, which many people do, and I, I'll accept that. But anyways, it's uh, my idea deals with reimagining how youth soccer clubs are set up now. Okay, so just reimagining that maybe we can tweak the structure of uh, youth soccer clubs to get better outcomes for families, kids, coaches, and overall development of our child. So here we go. So I have a U7 son, and for better or for worse. More than likely, uh, he'll get tired of dad coaching him, and he'll join um, one of these local travel clubs in a couple of years, all right? And parents here, coaches, are familiar with the process. It's pretty much the same most places you go. Kid tries out. At the younger ages, everybody um, makes it. As a matter of fact, the best term I've heard to describe the trial is really you know, it's an intent to play, right? Intent to take your money. So they're gonna, so they're gonna make a team, all right. And occasionally, at the younger ages, they may divide them up by skill level, but at the really young ages, they probably just randomly uh, put them in different teams, and that's fine. But the most important thing is they're going to be on a team, and they're gonna have a coach, maybe a, um, maybe an assistant coach, but definitely in most cases, one coach. And that coach is going to be responsible for a whole litany of responsibilities that all of you are familiar with. Managing the team, communicating and managing the parents, uh, managing the games, showing up to the games and, and participating in the league uh, organization and all that stuff. And then all the stuff that goes along with managing the game, substitutions and, and winning versus the development and all that kind of stuff. They're managing the team trainings, right? So day in and day out, they're working with the kids uh, in the team training environment, which is pretty obvious. And then they're also managing the um, individual um, ball mastery and individual skill development of each player on their team. So the coach has his hands full. The coaches are her hands full. They're dealing with all that stuff, okay? And when my child joins, that's going to be their process, and that will more than likely be their initial experience in youth soccer. One coach, maybe two, managing everything. But what if you had a club, and we'll call this club, you know, Crawford's Academy, that said, listen, the way we do things is, first of all, we don't place your kid on a particular team. They're placed in a, in a pool with all the other kids, right? So there's just one cohort of training, um, one cohort of kids in a training pool, right? And the next thing is we divide our staff into three primary focus areas. The first group of staff, first group is staff who are dedicated to delivering the individual training, which at the younger ages will be a lot of ball mastery of the kids. Okay, almost like a clinic, and they they have a singular focus on that. The next group is the team training folks. Those are the ones who. Um, take the 10, the 12 kids, whatever, and do all the stuff in the team training environment that you would expect in a typical um, practice. 2v2, small-sided games, um, 1v1, oppose, unopposed, all that stuff, 
passing, moving, spacing, you know, you name it, team training, what you're used to seeing in a team environment. So that's what that coach is. And we'll call them more of a generalist, right? Now they're working with the, in the coaches that in the staff that do the individual training, but their focus is on taking that, those core skills that should be being developed and put them in, putting them and applying them in a team and game-like environment, right? And then you have coaches who are focused almost uh, exclusively on the gaming, what I'll call the gaming program. And I use gaming program uh, specifically to say that games are a part of the gaming program, but there's a lot of micro stuff that happens in games um, that are very important, but they're not really part of the outcome or the games, right? And that's when you get into development. So a micro interaction may be, are, are kids checking up? Are they comfortable under pressure? Are they relaxing? That kind of stuff, right? And then so you have coaches that manage that. Now, now before we go any further, I don't want to give the impression that you are tripling the size of your staff. No, it's more of a matrix organization where a coach may have more, may, may, may work almost exclusively on the individual stuff, but then lend a hand in the gaming um, uh, process as well. And then obviously the coaches who are focused mainly on the gaming program, they're not doing anything during the week. So they're helping with the team and helping with the individual. And then there's a feedback loop among the coaches as well. So all that stuff works together. And then over top of them is some kind of coaching director who effectively is, is managing the, the parts, right? So then what this does is it does a couple of things. Number one, it, it, start, it starts to mitigate some of these conflicts of interest that, um, that are inherent in youth soccer and probably any team sport. We're familiar with many of the top ones, right? You know, long-term development versus winning and now, right? That's one big one. Individual training versus team training. That's another big one, right? differentiation, which is a fancy word for, hey, we need to spend more time with little Johnny on this skill than the rest of the team because little Johnny's behind and vice versa, right? And then also the, con the natural conflicts that occur between parent objectives for their individual child and team culture and all that kind of stuff. So those are just a few of the conflicts, but there, there are many more that are just inherent. And what I mean by inherent is no matter how good the coach is, and my sons have had some wonderful coaches. And no matter how good the club is or no matter how good the parents are, these conflicts still exist and need to be navigated. So with this structure, I think it can help mitigate it. Number one, it sends an ostensible signal to everybody involved that the, that the leagues and the, and the games as they're currently um, created are just not that important, right? Right. And the reason it's very visible is not that important is because your child may be on one on team A this week and then in two weeks they're on team B and it's very fluid. And then with that fluid becomes an opportunity for you, for coaches to move kids around in different training environments. Right. So midway through we've all seen this where a kid is below the, uh, the typical kid in their in their group and maybe they need to be pushed down to get more act so they can get more development, more time on the ball. And then certain kids maybe have advanced further. Maybe they're getting extra training at home and they're on a certain team and they have to stay there for the whole year. Or, or maybe parents aren't happy with this particular coach's style. 
but they're stuck with that coach for the whole year and they and they but they really like this other coach and so it's just no movement there there's no track there's no ability uh, within the system to move kids around into a better situation so so you have that conflict that will be mitigated and then and equally important and most important for the younger ages is you have coaches who are almost exclusively focused on the individual training of each kid. And that is important because now you have a vehicle for kids to get some extra training if they need it. And you have uh, coaches who are focused on that without that conflict of worrying about, am I spending enough time on the team or am I spending enough time within each individual kid? So, and the only way this can be successful, I think, is if you're able to manage it in a way that doesn't increase the overall cost for the club or the parents. So it may be adding some volunteers who are, who are focused almost narrowly on a very small piece of the puzzle, and they don't need the skill to manage the entire pie. Um, yeah, so you, you won't have a lot more staff. It's just using them slightly different differently. So, hey, that's my soapbox. I would love to hear what folks' opinions are about reimagining how clubs are um, organized. Just comment below. And uh, one more thing, just as a, a note, I have looked at European clubs and read a bit about them. And I know various ones do use some form of these organizations where there's a director of uh, you know, technical development, director of coaching and blah, blah, blah. And I know that stuff exists. So please, but I don't know a lot about it. So please also feel free to comment below on examples in your area or examples around the world that you've seen that sort of incorporate some of the stuff that I'm talking about. And please just let me know, like, why am I completely crazy? I, I would love to uh, hear your comments. And I'll, and if you know me, you know I will respond. So this, again, is uh, Neil with Anytime Soccer. Have a great weekend, and let's get better together.